2: This is the unsportsmanlike
3: podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome to the show. It is unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Two. We are presented by Progressive Insurance.
1: Love Javante Lawrence. Javante Lawrence, I love Javante. Oh, it's great. I mean, kick it off Hump Day with a little bit of Drake. Seems appropriate. Seems appropriate. She's Michelle Smallman. He can't even
3: say it. She's Chris Canty. I'm Evan Cohen. Nuno, our producer, is very nervous today. He's like, we need energy! Screaming uh, it was, at us. I'm
1: not going to get anybody fired today, I promise. Nuno is very concerned if about the energy.
3: It. But then, he, here's the thing. Nuno then started screaming at Pat and Javante. Mm. Okay. Hey, we need the energy. What does it matter if Nuno has energy? He's not on the air with us.
0: Well no, well, he, no but he is no, on stop. the air with us. Yes. No, come come on air with us. And not me. only that, not only that, Evan, <laughs> I'm gonna call you out. You know what? Today's Wednesday, burn this thing down <laughs> to the ground. You on Wednesday are when we go to breaks. And if you think something is wrong, you're like, "What's wrong?" So our energy it does impact what happens on air, that's and vice true. versa. Okay, that's your fair. energy do If you your, your to... energy sucks on air, it impacts what happens in this control room. Well, wow. they have
1: their own separate conversation. Yeah, that about I know yeah, is bad on true. air. That's, that's what true. happens. They do do that, that. That's Thank fair.
3: You. What Nuno said, but I will. I would like credit on one thing. I think I've gotten pretty good at figuring out when something's bothering Nuno, even not sitting in the same room as him. Because the other day, I realized something was bothering him. Exactly what he said. I said, what's wrong? He hesitated, and then he told me what was wrong. So I I will take credit for that, if I could, that I have figured this out. Am I right on that, Nuno, if you're going to call me out? No, you're good on that one. Okay. All right, good. He also
4: wanted you to have energy, and it started telling a story about him watching the local news. That's true, too. Wait, the local
0: news? Well, (laughs) it wasn't about—it was the fact that Stash who oversees our weekend program, and they did a piece on Chiefs fan—you know, a local Chiefs fan who's a Super Chiefs fan who's all in on the Super Bowl, and it was on Stash— and so, like, nice. my that. energy wasn't about the fact that I was watching the local news. It was that Stosh was on there.
3: Here's no. Here's what really happened. I'm sitting here with them beforehand. Okay, okay? I, I asked a question. He gave an answer. I then ignored his answer because I was so focused on a stat that I could not find that they thought I was mad about something. And I finally found the stat. For some reason, I couldn't find the Brock Purdy, San Francisco Forty Nine er win loss and games he started. It was driving me crazy where I couldn't find the exact stat. So now I have found it, and we are fine. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? We're doing good. Okay. We're doing good. All right. Yeah. Just let's crank, it's crank it's this
5: right. thing up to a ten. What exactly. do you guys think about the local news?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, but that, doesn't it feel like this week is dragging? Like I'm yes. ready for the Super Bowl to That's get what. here. It always feels like it's just like all right. Away. We had last week, and everybody knows it's two weeks. It's a, it's a, it's a marathon, out of sprints. But now that we're in Super Bowl week, I'm ready for the game to get here. Like, I'm ready for it. Like, we've been talking about it for the last week and a half. It's time for the game to get here.
5: What's that like as a player when you have two weeks, like, in between the last time you play and the Super Bowl? That it has goes to be by crazy. Like, It
1: goes by like a blink. Because really? you're so hyper-focused on everything. Like, you're locked in on the preparation and doing everything that you possibly can to position yourself and the team to have success on the big day. So it's like it doesn't go by slow as a player. As a matter of fact, you can't have enough time in terms of making sure that everything is buttoned up because you've been looking forward to this moment for your entire life. Like this is the culmination of all the hard work that you put in years upon years upon years of putting on pads and cleats. And it's finally here, you know. And then when you get to Super Week and Media Day and you put on – that jersey that has the Super Bowl patch for the first time, yeah, and it's a wow moment, but then you realize, man, like I got to make sure that all of the details are buttoned up, no stone unturned, because I don't want to be the reason why my team comes up short in the big game.
3: Well, yesterday you were one of the reasons why there was a big debate on First Take (laughs) with you, Jeff Saturday, and Molly Caram on ESPN, because there was a lot of conversation, and there's been a lot of conversation about the word underdog and who it should apply to as it relates to this year's Super Bowl. But when you
2: think about the underdog, like... Think, think about the way we came up. Like you go for the underdog, but you can't. Like, I, it, like almost Mahomes is almost already loved so much. It's like the easy. It's like the easy pull. It's like he's already the greatest. He says the right things. We love him because of those things. But man, you can't tell me there's a little bit of a little bit of you wants the underdog to get this thing. That the well, well
0: under- Jeff, the
1: underdog is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, the underdog no. is the Chiefs. Oh, oh, no, the no, Chiefs no. 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 Can- are quite. Literally no. the underdogs. Can't they be. are the no, underdog in the, game. the one
2: and a half favorite. Not, yeah. They are they, not they the are. under. Travis Kelsey, that whole
1: Come crew. Boy. They've been there
0: a thousand times. They're, they're, the, un, the they're the no, underdog they Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and for them getting it done. Come on.
3: So the underdog conversation, obviously by ESPN Bet, they are the Kansas City Chiefs are the underdog. <laughs> but everybody went nuts on you yesterday. So there's a few things with this, okay? And this is one of, I think, one of the weirdest Super Bowls ever as it relates to that singular word and thought. Okay, so the confusion comes in because Kansas City is literally a a one-and-a-half-point underdog. Mm -hmm. Can't argue that. That is fact per ESPN Bet. Now, the San Francisco 49ers factually have one of the biggest underdog stories at the quarterback position, we have ever seen in this sport, along with Tom Brady, along with Kurt Warner, right? That specific person, Brock Purdy, is one of the biggest underdog stories we've ever seen. Factually, well, opinion actually, it seems like the Niners have a better roster than the Chiefs do, mm-hmm. okay? The Chiefs are a team, once you have Patrick Mahomes, you theoretically could never consider them an underdog because they could beat anyone, anywhere, anytime, any place. I have no idea how to look at this as an underdog story. I don't know who people think the underdog is. Literally, ESPN bet has the Niners as the favorite and the Chiefs as the underdog. But what Molly and Jeff said there is is fair, too. Like, how do you look at the Chiefs as an underdog?
1: Well, I mean, I guess the question is this. Like, are are we basing this off of facts? Are we basing this off of numbers? Are we basing this on the eye test? Because, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs seemingly are always here, and I guess because of their sustained success and people's familiarity on this platform, that all of a sudden we want to assign, you know, a certain level of greatness to them. We're saying they can never be considered the underdog because they're always here. But the Chiefs have fewer All-Pros. I mean, the, the the San Francisco 49ers have a top-three scoring offense and a top-three scoring defense. Like they They are the better team, and that's why Vegas has the number – At where it's at, despite the biggest disparity in the entire game, which is the matchup between the quarterbacks. We all know that Patrick Mahomes is on a trajectory to be the greatest of all time. Whereas Brock Purdy, even though we like what we've seen from him, is still in his first year as the full-time starter. So, Mm -hmm. even with that difference being weighted in the numbers that Vegas is pumping out in terms of the spread on this game... The, the San Francisco 49ers are still the favorite. So I don't know how we can argue against them being the favorite in this game when you have all of the evidence pointing to the contrary.
5: So Vegas obviously has to determine the line for gambling purposes, but just from a conversational standpoint, can the reigning champs be an underdog? I don't sure. think
1: so. I think so. You do? Yeah, I think so.
5: Because I don't feel I, – I feel like that is where the conversation ends for me. They are – currently the reigning champs you have a league mvp a super bowl mvp as your quarterback you have a team that has been there done that last year i i know that from a talent standpoint you can make the argument obviously from a betting standpoint you can make the argument but you kind of lose me once we realize oh they won last year So, i
1: mean here's the thing but that's that's the part that that's maddening to me because it feels like people are greasing the skids when it comes to the brock purdy of it all like that's what it feels like okay well if The San Francisco 49ers news, well, we're expecting them because they're going up against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, the reigning defending champs. But quite literally, Vegas whose business it is to make money in the set lines in order to do so, they're saying that the San Francisco 49ers are the better team. So what ultimately that amounts to is everybody creating the escape hatch from the Brock Purdy bandwagon if for whatever reason the Niners come up short and he's a part of the reason why it happens. Like I can already see it see it coming. Like Lewis Riddick said it yesterday, people are going to be twisting themselves into a pretzel once Brock Purdy or if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl. But what happens if he doesn't? I'll still be on the bandwagon. It, it, but it, but it, but if you'll be on the bandwagon. Because I believe he's really good. And, and that's fair. You'll be on the yeah. bandwagon. But a lot of people will walk a lot of the things that they've said, the, the, the bombastic statements about Brock Purdy back, because they got caught up in what he was able to do in going on this Super Bowl run. And they'll look at it with sober eyes because they'll be forced to. Because he came up short in a really, really big spot.
3: But none of this is surprising for me. You guys know that. I've been saying the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl for I don't know how many months. We could find the sound for the first time I said it. I don't remember. So, like, if if Brock Purdy goes 0 for 20 and throws three interceptions and zero yards in the Super Bowl, I still believe he's the right guy for the 49ers. Like, I think he's awesome right? Not Mahomes level awesome, but I think he's awesome. That doesn't change with what happens on Sunday. In my mind, he can only add to the conversation. He can't take away from it because in his first two years and his first full year as a starter, to be the quarterback of a team that gets to the Super Bowl is phenomenal. You asked the question, Smalls, about can a defending champion underdog in the next year? And I was thinking about how do you answer that question? I think the only way to answer that question is if they have a different coach or different quarterback the next year. Right. And and the Kansas City Chiefs don't. Mm-hmm. If theoretically a team gets when Bill Walsh leaves the Niners and it's George Seifert in the Super Bowl and you may say, hey, I don't know if they can win with Seifert. OK, that that's where I could look at it in this scenario. I could never look at Mahomes and Andy Reid as underdogs. Are, now, factually, they are the underdog, which is the weirdest part. That's why I started this by saying this is the weirdest Super Bowl in terms of that, because would you ever look at Brady and Belichick as underdogs? Never. Right? I don't know if by Vegas they were ever an underdog going into a Super Bowl. Probably
1: not. They were. They were. were The first one. Okay, once they won. (laughs) Once they won. (laughs) They were playing the greatest show on turf. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. once they
3: won, though. Yeah. I can't imagine they were underdogs ever after that, right? I can't imagine.
1: Maybe the Seattle one? Maybe? The Rams one would be interesting to look at. The second Rams one? The second Rams one, yeah. 2018, I think it was. Okay, so
3: I don't know who we would have looked at because, again, factually – the
1: Chiefs are underdogs.
3: Factually, Brock Purdy is one of the biggest underdog stories in the in the in the history of the sport.
1: Yeah, but you're not picking the game based on just Brock Purdy. It's a team sport. Uh, there, there, there's going to be 53 guys in uniform. And right. and I guess that's the biggest thing, right? That's why the the line is weighted the way it is. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs have the better quarterback, but the quarterback can't throw it and catch it. Like, he's going to have to rely on the receivers. And you're saying the supporting cast around Brock Purdy is significantly better than the supporting cast around Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. That would be true.
3: Yeah, I know that. I agree that, that, that is
1: true. So, I mean, I, I guess that's the part where it's hard for me to call them an underdog when they're quite literally the favorites going into this game. And we've I have what, you know, 10 days with this line now? And even in the look ahead lines before we knew what the matchup was, the San Francisco 49ers were favorited against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I just don't understand how we view the 49ers as an underdog.
5: Yeah, I just don't know if I can call the Kansas City Chiefs an underdog, not only the reigning champs, but um, a team that has been there, done that. Like experience matters to me in a situation like this. And. Maybe on paper, they're underdogs, but do we have less confidence in them based on the talent? I don't know. I had less confidence in them all season long, and they find a way. They beat Buffalo. They beat Baltimore. and Now they're back in the Super Bowl. Clearly, the postseason DNA matters.
3: 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. It's your telephone number to join the show. Who do you look at as the underdog in the Super Bowl? Which team, Kansas City or San Francisco? We'll get your phone calls in coming up. Plus... How big of a failure is it if San Francisco loses this year in the Super Bowl? We'll get to that. It's on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance.
0: This
2: is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Niners! Underdog? Favorite? How are we looking at it? Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bundle home and auto and save. Visit progressive.com for more information. Brian in Pennsylvania, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. All right, Brian, who is the underdog in this game?
4: Hey, good morning, Evan. Michelle, Cassie. Andy, happy New Year, man. Oh, here we yes, go. yes. Well done. What you got for us, B? I just wanted Hey, listen, uh, I rarely do, man. I, hate, I ain't throwing no shade, but, Nancy, I got to agree with you. I, I really think, you know, the, the Chiefs are the underdogs. If you look at individual departments, you know, quarterback, receiving core, linebacker core – I mean, the Niners really check off a lot of those boxes, but you still have that bad man on the other side with Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, I think they always got to punch your stop. but statistically, you know, player, personnel-wise, man, those Niners
1: look good compared to those teams. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, when you look at what they have on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, six All-Pros on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they had five guys make All-Pro teams this year, plus Debo Samuel, who's made an All-Pro in the past, and one of the you know, the most versatile weapons in the National Football League. That's the part of this that is maddening to me, Smalls, when you look at what the 49ers are bringing to the party. You got that on offense, then you got up front, Nikki Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrove, second level, you got Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw back in. You got Shavarius Ward, who made an all-pro team. This team is stacked. The 49ers are stacked. The reason why a lot of people picked them to go to the Super Bowl this year preseason was because of how deep they are and how much top-end talent they have. So why are we getting to this spot now when they're in the Super Bowl against a team that nobody expected to make a Super Bowl when we go back to November and December? Nobody thought the Kansas City Chiefs would be here. Yet they're here because of the greatness of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. But nobody thought they'd be here. You go to December, everybody thought that the San Francisco 49ers would be here. To me, that's the difference. And so I don't understand how we can now get to this spot weeks later and say all of a sudden San Francisco is somebody's underdog.
5: No, I'm totally with you. I was leading that charge of people that didn't think that the Chiefs were going to be no. here. But the situation matters. The game matters. Just because San Francisco looked dom- more dominant than the Chiefs did during the regular season doesn't mean that I forget what Steve Spagnolo, Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Andy Reid are like in the playoffs. They they had arguably a tougher road to get here. They had to play Miami. They had to go to Buffalo. They had to go to Baltimore, be what we assume to be the league MVP in Lamar Jackson. And San Francisco kind of hung on throughout the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the path to get here and the experience that I apply to Kansas City, and it's hard for me to call them an underdog.
3: Steve in North Carolina, listening on 99.9, the fan in Raleigh. What's up, Steve?
1: Hey, what's up, uh, ladies and gentlemen? And Smalls, you are pinpoint accurate. San Francisco lucky to even be here. And I was picking them beginning of the season, just like Kansas City. But now the, the last four or five games of the season, it's at, no, there's no way under the sun that San Francisco was no favorite over Kansas. City. Kansas, in fact, City, I go ahead and say it right now, Kansas City gonna win the game. So Kansas, it's just, this, this is nonsense. San Francisco is not the team they was at the beginning. See, yeah, they got the talent, but they're not the team. I agree with Smalls. They look, they actually survived to get to the Super Bowl. Kansas City just kind of run, you know, run the table like they normally do. I wish nobody thought they would, but they did. You know, they got Patrick. So they got Patrick. That, that's always never all to me.
3: I, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe I'm nuts and I'm misremembering. I get a lot of things wrong, but this is exactly what I thought the Super Bowl would be. Like, I never thought Kansas City was going to lose, and I've been picking the Niners forever. So, like, these are the teams that I thought – like, I just could not understand why we were writing off Stanford, uh, Kansas City as as
1: quickly as we did because the receivers couldn't catch the ball. The most drops and in recei- the their recei- their receivers, you can point directly to losses. The Green Bay loss, MVS drop. The yeah. Eagles lost, MVS drop. The Bills lost, Kadarius Tony lining up offside. All- like there are literally three or four games that you can point to and say. They lost because of the wide receivers. But we did they have conversations. They led the league in drops. I know, but we had conversations on our show. If you dropped the ball show, the entire regular season, why would I think you're all of a sudden going to get sticky and catch it in the playoffs?
3: We did have conversations on our show where all three I, of us said, are we sure we should be writing this team off despite all of that? Now, San Francisco, on the other hand, we've been on from the beginning, right? We, talked, we had, I think, the earliest San Francisco quote-unquote window debate we had was was one versus two years. How big is this window for the Niners to win it all? And on October 30th, this is what CC had to say about that.
1: Right. We need to be worried about the championship window for the 49ers because I think it's closed. The excuses are going to start coming out of the woodwork now for people that are Brock Purdy supporters. You don't have very long with this current core of players to be able to get that job done. What are the San Francisco 49ers and how long do they have to win a championship with this current core of players? I just feel like the window on this team is sunsetting right before our eyes. And if they don't get it done this year, I don't know that they're going to get it done with this current core of players.
3: So you said one year. I thought two years. Let's focus on the one year, right? We know that regardless of what happens on Sunday— We expect Kansas City to be right back here next year, right? Mm -hmm. All in agreement on that? Yes. Mm -hmm. If San Francisco loses on Sunday, you think
1: we're saying goodbye to them? Yes, adios muchacho. It's done. Like, their window (laughs) is over. Like, I'm just sitting there looking at the contracts that they have. Here's the list of the guys that they got going into contract years in 2024. So, essentially, guys that need new contracts or need extensions this offseason you got Eric Armstead, you got Fred Warner, you got Traverius Ward, you got Brandon Ayuk, you got Dre Greenlaw. Like, all of those guys need new deals. Like, we're, we're like they, they're, they're on the verge of needing new uh, Christian McCaffrey is woefully underpaid in terms of the cash that he's going to be doing in 2024. You're probably going to have to address his contract. And then, oh, by the way, after next year, you're going to have to pay Brock Purdy if he proves to be your long-term guy. The, the window for the 49ers is closed, not to mention guys like Trent Williams. Trent Williams is, what, mid-30s? He's 35 years old? Like, at some point.
3: been, been through a lot in his life. The, Cancer survivor yeah, and everything. Yeah, he's like, got a You lot, win a Super Bowl, like, you, want, you know, not see
1: ya. Well, but, but, I'm, but I'm just saying, if yeah. you don't get it done, you start to wonder, well, how long is the shelf life on him? How long mm-hmm. can you have the productivity match the salary? He's got a $31 million cap hit next year. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's the best offensive lineman on the planet right now. No doubt. He's still that guy. Yep. But I'm just saying, like, at some point he won't be. And the salary is not going to be justified based on the play on the field. So there's that. George Kittle on the wrong side of 30. Debo Samuel has only had one year healthy in the last four seasons. Like, that. Like you start to read the tea leaves and you think to yourself, well, maybe they're not going to be able to keep this core of players together. And if they're not, if one or two of those key cogs are missing, then what do you do? This all oh, actually, Not to mention, Hafunga, the safety, is going to be due for great. a new contract. And he's, he's an all pro. He's, he's been, hurt. He's been hurt all year, yeah. but he made all pro last year. Yeah. He's going to want money this offseason. So That's another guy.
3: It all actually stems back to the same exact argument we've had to start the show today. If you told me every single one of those guys were going to be up and could leave, and Patrick Mahomes was their quarterback, I'd say so. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Mahomes will just get everybody better. I believe the window is longer than you do because I believe Purdy is better than you think he is, which would, again, lead you to think that the Niners, in your mind, are the underdog because what you don't assume yet, right? You haven't written this off, but what you're assuming is I can't replace A guys with B guys and assume Brock Purdy can lift them up.
1: I think he could. Well, well, here's the problem with how the quarterback market has evolved over the years, right? There is no middle ground. Like, the Daniel Jones contract is an aberration. That's an outlier. Like, if a guy is good, you're going to pay him great quarterback money. See Dak Prescott. Right. You know what I mean? So you're going to be upwards of $50 million a year. So if Brock Purdy goes out there and wins the Super Bowl, there is no debate on what he's going to get paid. It's $50 million a year, over $200 million in guarantee. That's the starting point for Brock Purdy. I just don't know that it's sustainable to pay good quarterbacks great quarterback money, especially when you have so many top-end guys that are making top-of-the-market money for their respective positions.
5: It, I was going to say, it seems like if they don't get it done this year, the question of can Brock Purdy get it done without the requisite talent around him, we're going to find out the answer to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. We are. I we'll, still we'll, believe in him. We'll, we'll, we'll definitively answer your question. I know you're saying you are believing him. Yeah. And you think he can elevate everybody around. He's going to have to. If they don't win the Super Bowl this year. Yes. He's going to have to.
3: Yes, and the thing that you're frustrated about, like what, when you reference Lou Riddick's comments, are, are people going to jump off the bandwagon? And I am preemptively telling you, regardless of what happens on Sunday, I will not be jumping off the bandwagon because I think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's Mahomes great. I think he's a great quarterback. All right, coming up. eight, say espn by the way, telephone number to jump in as to who the underdog is in this Super Bowl a favorite potentially for the NBA finals has now become an underdog because of an MVP's injury. We'll get to that next. It's on sportsmanlike on ESPN radio,
1: passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, led headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day.
3: But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow, you shine. Book direct at lq.com.
2: This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Joel Embiid will be reevaluated in four weeks. We're Unsportsmanlike on, on ESPN Radio. Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN Senior NBA Insider on NBA Today, weekdays 3 p.m. Eastern, with Malik Andrews, had this to say about the Sixers minus Embiid. The Sixers are very much weighing uh, the possibility uh, that Joel Embiid does return this season, that they can still play with him as their centerpiece. And uh, because of that, they're going to continue to be buyers at this trade deadline. And I think they're trying to improve themselves on multiple fronts. Uh, Perhaps is there a backup center who can help carry them here in the short term? There's certainly a number of them available. There are a lot of teams in the market for backup centers, potentially players like uh, Andre Drummond, who had been in Philadelphia before, uh, Kelly olynyk Those are some of the guys in that marketplace. So I, I want to say one thing on this first. I am convinced they're going to rush him back. Convinced. Not in a bad way. Not like, hey, we don't care about him. They love him. I think he is so close to MVP status again. He's not going to win it because the game's played. Mm -hmm. And they think they are so good, and it's wide open this year, which it is. Although I think the Clippers are going to destroy people if they stay healthy and Mm -hmm. Kawhi all of a sudden is an Iron Man. Um, We were a
1: week ahead with that MVP conversation with Kawhi, weren't we? Yeah, but I didn't bet on anything. Did you? I I don't... I don't want to say. Well, then you're going to pay for dinner soon because you're going to make a lot of money off of that. That's for sure. That's a lot of Plus money. Plus fifteen thousand. Wow. that what it was. Plus fifteen thousand. A little coin on it.
3: But you're definitely paying. You're paying for a week's worth of dinner at <laughs> that point because he he very well he doesn't miss games all of a sudden. Yeah. Anyway, so I feel like they they think they can win it this year. Which why wouldn't they? The East is kind of wide open. Even though Boston is really good, I still think Philly kind of believes they could beat Boston. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to be buyers at the deadline. So let me, it, it, as long as they're going under that premise and not the premise that we've suggested, which is maybe look at it the other way, take on bad contracts, get paid off to do it, get extra first-round picks <laughs> moving forward. So then this clear-cut path here, Thursday's deadline, tomorrow. Call the Bulls, get Andre Drummond, and get DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan can give you 20 to 25 points a game along with Maxi, and you go out there, and if you want to be competitive here for the next few weeks until he comes back, that's the guy to go get. Go get DeMar DeRozan. You may have to give up a first-round pick. Both guys are free agents at the end of the year. You still preserve your cap space. There's your suggestion for Philadelphia. Right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, DeMar DeRozan last night, did you see him against the T-Wolves? 33 points? They Ooh. came back and won. <laughs> I'm just saying. like, no.
3: The answer is no. I was not watching the Bulls-T-Wolves game last well, night. I was, I was, you, know, you know why I was watching it. Because you had it on a, the ESPN uh, on a best parlay. Best bet. And
1: the T-Wolves screwed me. But that's neither here nor there. I will say this. DeMar DeRozan <laughs> <laughs> would be perfect – In terms of a guy that could provide you some support, some scoring uh, with Joel Embiid out, I think the Sixers are you know a team that can you know be a top six seed in the Eastern Conference because it is so wide open. I think they can avoid the play in, and I guess if that's the case, they would entertain the possibility of potentially going on a run and bringing back Joel Embiid. To that, I would say that's a mistake. Oh, that's a mistake. I I mean, the guy is seven foot, three hundred pounds. You got to make sure that he's 100% healthy and give him enough runway to recover completely rather than have him labor through the postseason. I don't think it's a situation where you want to have a guy put himself at risk knowing that the intensity of the game, the speed of the game, the physicality of the game all picks up once you get to the playoffs. To me, that's the wrong spot. To, to put him back into the lineup. I, I just think you, the risk is not worth the reward. I wouldn't view the 76ers as a title contender unless you had Joel Embiid playing at an MVP level. And tell me when's the last time we saw Embiid doing that in the postseason.
0: Well, we haven't right. because
1: because he's been banged up. Well, He's and, also going to be coming off of an injury to do and that. And that's the part that scares me about trying to bring him back. But if you decide that you're going to be buyers at the deadline, you're almost pot committed to that, that logic and that's the, that's the part that gets a little bit dicey in terms of how Philly and Daryl Morey is managing the situation.
5: I kind of love it, though. I kind of love that they're not going to have a defeatist attitude and that they're going to keep their foot on the gas in case he's available. Because they know that they have a finite amount of time to win with him. They know that... As we heard Woj say, it's a tight window and that they need to capitalize on it. So if there is a chance that he could come back, I want to make sure that my team is in a position to be able to support him and that he's in the best position to go ahead and try and win a championship.
3: By the way, I want to confirm one thing that was said on our show yesterday because I have ears and I listened. Bobby Marks, who joined us, for an Office Insider, said if the Woj pod with Bobby from two days ago was discouraging because of the lack of trade movement. He said, wait till you hear today's, meaning yesterday. Well, I listened after our show. Uh, it's discouraging. They're basically saying there's like no trades that are going to be happening here. Oh. Oh, it's brutal for me. Absolutely brutal. I just want 100 trades over the next two days, <laughs> which it doesn't seem like it's going but to happen. But
1: here's the thing if you're the Sixers, who are you going after? Like, who's the to guy? DeMar DeRozan.
3: I just, that's the guy. If that's the guy? No, it's not what you're I would still gonna do. still going to have
1: to get front court help, though, right? Yes,
3: but he plays in the front court now in the crazy world that we live in in the NBA.
1: Somehow yeah, you're but a you shooting know, guard a power But forward. you know what I mean. You're going to have to have a 405. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Yeah, yeah, Andre Drummond yeah, yeah, you're from, gonna have to do that. from
3: Same Deal in, yeah. in Chicago. But again, that's not putting them over the hump. It's, it, it, they shouldn't do that because they, I'm telling you, that's why I believe they are going to do everything and he's going to do everything to come back this year. And the advice that we've said and the advice that Kendrick Perkins on NBA Today has said of shut it down is not going to be the advice that they take. eight, at 8 say ESPN telephone number to jump in on the show. We're going to get your phone calls in here on the underdog. Super Bowl underdog. Who is it, Kansas City or San Francisco? We've had that debate. By letter of the law, ESPN bet has the Chiefs as an underdog. Matt, in Atlantic City, watching on ESPN2. What's up, Matt?
4: Yeah, good morning, Evan, CeCe, and Michelle. Good morning. So, I, I agree with Vegas here. They want to make money. If you look at it, yes, the, 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 Niners, the Niners have the better roster,
3: clearly the better roster up and down. But the outlier in that is Brock Purdy. Okay, Mahomes and Reed have been there. Purdy hasn't. He's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot of haters. He needs to prove he's not a Rex Grossman or a Jimmy Garoppolo. That, that's the thing. If you take it, the Niners have the better roster. But Mahomes and Reed have been there. Post-DNA matters. I agree with Smalls 100%. But I, I will say this, though, and I'm, and I'm taking the Niners to win the game, though. But I will say this. The best Super Bowl underdog story,
4: big blue wrecking crew, baby. CC. There
0: we go. New there York we go. Giants.
4: Evan, I know you don't like that, but Big Blue Wrecking Well, no, I I agree. From a team perspective,
3: it's the greatest upset in the history of sports, arguably, right, in terms of that round. But I'm saying the individual. By the way, Matt is a great caller. Not a good caller. A great caller. Always comes to the table with stuff. I will disagree on this. Rock Purdy has nothing to prove.
1: What? What is he? He's but, the last pick but, in the draft. No, 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 no. He but, has but nothing. To well, no, prove. No, 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 we can't do that. We can't praise him and then say he's the last pick in the draft and 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 use that as a crutch if he doesn't perform well. There's something to prove for Brock Purdy. What? Like they gave him the keys to the Ferrari. They got to prove that he's not going to wreck it. Like but if he's we're li- proving that, well, hasn't he? Well, well, I mean, I don't know has he? Like this this is the game that you got to prove it in. Like this is the game that everybody wants to see. We already know that this is a championship caliber roster. Up and down the 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 the, the roster, you're going to see all pro players, Pro Bowl players. It's a matter of can Brock Purdy manage this and not make the mistakes that cost your team the game. That's how we have to view it, through. like he has to be able to justify John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan's commitment to him when they jettisoned Trey Lance and they moved away from Jimmy Garoppolo after that run that they made to the conference championship last year. They decided that he's going to be their QB one. Okay, cool. They've made moves to support that. Now he's got to return that in kind by being able to take this team to you know the highest levels, which he has, but now he's got to be able to finish the drill by winning the Super Bowl. This ain't about second-place finishes. This is about winning the big game. And Brock Purdy and the 49ers are favored, so I don't think it's fair to continue to look at him as Mr. Relevant. We have to look at him as a quarterback that is worthy or or has the ability to win a championship and judge him accordingly.
5: I know that you're really firmly in the Brock Purdy as the guy camp, but that's not a universal thought process. We know that Patrick Mahomes is that guy. The only question we have is right now, the he the greatest of all time. That's yeah. the only question that remains. If there are still questions around you and your capability of being the guy that elevates those around you, then you have something to prove. And Brock Purdy is still there. Well here's
1: the thing, Smalls. Like if the if the 49ers lose this game from your perspective, what is the one area that you would point to and say, yeah, that's probably why they lost.
5: Context matters. You know, it depends on the game. Sure, plan but I mean, if you
1: like, we're, we're living in I'm a hypothetical at, world. I'm
5: looking at the two rosters. There's a pretty big disparity at quarterback.
1: That's the point.
3: <laughs> like that's that's what Brock Purdy has to prove. But there's a pretty big <laughs> like disparity prove you're between not the Chiefs weak. and any team
1: at quarterback. Sure, but I, I guess but my point is big. prove you're not the weakest link to a point where it costs your team an opportunity to win a Super Bowl, even though even though you know you have a better team.
3: I just don't think we could say we have to forget about the pick in the drafts because I'll tell you why. If the number one pick overall in the draft, if Caleb Williams in his first two seasons in the NFL plays twenty five games, is seventeen and four his team is as a starter, forty four touchdowns, fifteen interceptions, and gets to a Super Bowl, it's one of the greatest first overall picks we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, but I'm and not that's uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's great. But I mean, here's the thing Jimmy Garoppolo got to a Super Bowl and had a double digit lead in the fourth quarter with Kyle Shanahan. Like it's impossible to divorce that. Like, show me that you can do something that a Kyle Shanahan coach quarterback hasn't been able to do. Yeah. That's what I want to see. But
3: I understand that. But, like, that's what you,
1: so you keep going back to the Mr. Irrelevant of it all. And that's not the lens that I'm viewing him through. I'm viewing him through oh, you got one of the best play designers and play callers in the National Football League over the last decade. And he's shown what he's able to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, who we know now not to be a good quarterback. Show me that you're better than that.
3: Yeah, I I think he already has. I understand what you're saying in terms of team winning and losing. I still believe that many, maybe not you, but many look at him through the lens of the last pick in the draft because if the first pick in the draft did what Purdy did and has done, we'd look at that as a huge success.
5: But even if it was Caleb Williams, we just swapped them out, we would say he's got something to prove. We would still say going into this game, despite where he was picked, that he has something to prove, and Brock Purdy should not be immune to that.
3: We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio.
2: This is the Unsportsmanlike
3: podcast on ESPN Radio. Each and every week on Wednesdays, we give you our ESPN power rankings. We pick a topic. We give our top three ESPN personalities for that topic. Yes. Today's topic, Super Bowl parties. Who from ESPN would you want to go to their Super Bowl party? So Super Bowl party hosts. That person that works here at ESPN is hosting a Super Bowl party, the top three people that you would say, oh, I'd want to go to their Super Bowl party. Smalls, you always kick us off here. Okay. Go ahead.
5: My first selection for the ESPN Personality Power Rankings Super Bowl Party Edition is Troy Aikman.
1: Mm. I want
5: to go to Troy Aikman's house for a Super Bowl party, not only because he's been there, done that, and can give me some really great info on what it's like to to be there in the big game. But if I'm sitting next to him and he's talking throughout the game, it's like I'm inside the booth. It's like I'm inside an NFL broadcast booth. Plus, I think Troy Aikman would have great snacks. I don't think he
3: would have great snacks. Why? Why? Because he's too healthy. (laughs) Yeah, he does. He is healthy. very Very healthy. healthy. He'd have great
1: sense for you, not for CeCe and I. Maybe
5: he wouldn't indulge, but you know that if company is coming over, Troy Aikman's going to take care of it.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to go along a similar logic with my first pick. It's going to be Desmond Howard. Super Bowl MVP Desmond Howard. I want somebody that's been there, done that, but also somebody that's not afraid to go on national TV and bring quotes from the Dave Chappelle show. So Desmond (laughs) Howard, like I think it would be – a great time sitting down and watching the game with him. I'm pretty sure he's going to have the kind of refreshments that I'm looking for over there. So Desmond <laughs> Howard would be my first pick in terms of the Super Bowl party that I would want to go to. The host of a Super Bowl party I'd want to go to.
3: All right. I want at a Super Bowl party to eat. That's the whole thing. I want to go and eat. I want so. Fun food. Are, are you
1: like a, a meal guy or are you like? do you like to graze? All the apps. Do above. you like the abs? Like, yes. So do you, do you get like... I'm just trying to... The do apps get, to do me, you, you, you don't get a, need a meal. Do, you, don't you, don't get, a do meal. you get a Thanksgiving Day style plate
3: or do you want more apps? No, I, I want should... like a million apps where you're full by the end of the appetizers. Okay. And then maybe there's like a pizza in the back. Like, hey, you want an extra slice before okay. you go kind gotcha, of thing. Gotcha. Like, I want dumplings, pigs in a blanket, <laughs> egg rolls, chicken fingers, wings. Wow. I want them all. Okay? So... This guy I think would be fun for a Super Bowl party because of the state he's from and the food that would then be there. I'm taking ESPN, Sports Center anchor, John Anderson, Wisconsin guy, tons of cheese all over the place. I love cheese. So tons of cheese in everything, melted cheese on everything. Give me John Anderson.
1: Wisconsin guy, safe to assume he's going to have beers too.
3: For you, not craft, for me, crafty, but yes. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, so, I would so, assume. So, okay. You right. have to assume that, just, right. Just,
5: yeah. Just, no, 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 I yeah. mean, you yeah. could Somebody. come over to my party because Troy Aikman has his own beer.
1: That's a great point. That is a great
5: point. <laughs> and it's a light lager. So. Sna- snake point. draft yeah, you're so, up. So you can we're have judging, multiple, yeah. But it's good for you. No, snake draft, go ahead. Okay,
3: all right, ahead. my next pick. This guy, I know he's more known for another holiday, but he, if, if he's hosting a party, I know it's going to be good. Tim Legler. I knew it. I know it. Tim Legler is amazing <laughs> with food around Halloween, and just like he and his family really live it up for big moments. Now, his commanders aren't in it and really are never in it, for that matter. <laughs> um, and I don't see them in it anytime soon, um, but I think Legs would have a great Super Bowl party.
5: No doubt.
1: Nice. All right, so my for my second pick, I'm going Jeff Darlington. Oh, good. Like on. So on top of being able to pretty much spin anything – On his hands, Jeff Darlington seems like a guy that's always a good time. Every time you're around him, Jeff Darlington, he's got a bubbly personality. He's outgoing. He's not socially awkward. He's an extrovert. So Jeff Darlington is going, that energy is going to attract other good people. So you just know it's going to be good vibes when you go to his Super Bowl party. Again, he's going to have the refreshments I'm looking for on deck. Yes. So that's always important. As you like to say, like the Super Bowl party is about what you're eating, what you're drinking. Jeff Darlington is going to have exactly what I'm looking for there. So, Jeff Darlington, my second pick for the host of the Super Bowl party, I would want to go to.
5: Jeff's really fun, too.
1: Yeah, he is.
5: We, we hung out with him in West Palm. He's fun. Yes, so, that's a great a pick by you. Okay, so I get the next two then. Right? And
3: you and Jeff were the only two non quarterbacks there. Just pointing that out.
5: <sighs> Relax. <laughs> Relax. Okay, so I get the last two. So in no particular order, here are the two picks that are going to round out my top three. So we have Troy Aikman, who I selected, and I said being at Troy Aikman's Super Bowl party would be like you were in an NFL broadcast booth with a guy who's been there, done that, won a Super Bowl. I also would like to invite Joe Fortenbaugh to the party because everybody's nice. gambling now. Every- you better
3: win money by the end of the night.
5: Everybody is gambling. So if I'm hosting a Super Bowl party, I'm like, oh, here's my friend Joe who's here. He's going to tell you how to wager effectively. He's going to give you the wink-wink plays on the prop bets for the Super Bowl. We're all going to have a great time, and we're going to walk out of here a little bit richer. Joe Fortenbaugh's at the party. And last but not least... I want to go to the Super Bowl party of Mike Greenberg. I want to go to Greeny's Super Bowl party. I saw little snippets of his opening season party for the Jets Ended up being a bad night for Greeny.
1: Ended tragically. (laughs) But it was a good mix of
5: people. He had the the snacks going. Greeny is also probably the most unbelievable host we've ever met. So I know that when he is holding court, he's going to be like, Michelle, have you met this person? He's going to weave everyone together seamlessly, and everyone's going to feel like they're part of the party. Plus, I follow Greeny on Instagram, and his dog Phoebe looks really cute. Would love to hang out with Phoebe at the party. So that rounds out the list. We have Troy Aikman, Joe Fortenbaugh, and Mike Greenberg.
1: Just revisiting that Mike Greenberg opening week. Weekend party that he had for Jets Bills was that the saddest. Win that a team has had so in the sad. last, like in the what last decade, like that might that might have been the saddest win a team has ever had. Like people forget, the Jets actually won the game. I know, but they feel like they, well, they didn't feel like they did lose the war because they lost Aaron Rodgers for the season.
5: No one felt like they won that game no, here Jets. No no, no,
1: no, no, no. party
3: rocks like a New York City apartment common room party like Green and <laughs> had, Green wow, had that night.
1: Wow, wow. Okay, so for my last pick and it was last but not least, obviously, I'm going SVP. Oh, Scott Van Pelt, time. DMV native, so you know he knows good food. But then also, Scott Van Pelt is also going to have the vibes. I mean, he's got the go-go music as a part of the introduction for his Sports Center and Night Show. So Scott Van Pelt seems like he would have the kind of atmosphere that I'm looking for from the Super Bowl party, not to mention he's probably going to have the heavy, heavy hitter type of guests that are there, totally. so you can rub shoulders with some pretty cool people from the industry and some people from outside of the industry. But it's going to be a lot of fun because it feels like you're having fun every time you watch SVP on SportsCenter at night. So SVP, the last host, well, I guess my number one host for the Super Bowl party that I would want to go to.
3: All right, my last one. You want to talk about having heavy hitters at your house. Well, at this guy's Super Bowl party, you could have an owner of an NBA team, you could have music executives, and you could have a radio producer fall into a bush because he's hammered. Jay Williams. Jay Will is, is my... Man? Jay Will is going to have an amazing party. He's had amazing parties. Jay Will's Super Bowl party. Pat Costello could be in a bush. <laughs> right? That's where you ended up, Pat? At, la- at Jay Will's last party, if I'm not mistaken? Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. So, Jay Will is nice on my pick. list. Nice pick. We're on Very nice pick. Party.
2: Yes, Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working